Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. As I said in our introduction, we are celebrating the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is truly present in the Eucharist, and every time we celebrate Mass, we are in his real presence. But unfortunately, the number of Catholics who believe in the real presence are continuing to shrink, or the other way to say is there are more and more Catholics that do not believe in the real presence of Jesus. And because of this, the U.S. bishops have inaugurated this Eucharistic revival last year on the solemnity of Corpus Christi. And now that we have reached the, the second or the beginning of the second year of Corpus Christi, it's time for us as a parish to continue to offer opportunities to foster faith in the real presence of Jesus. This past year was dedicated to diocesan efforts, and it began last year on Corpus Christi Sunday with a large Eucharistic procession through the streets of Indianapolis from our cathedral to one of the downtown churches in Indianapolis. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people participated in this Eucharistic procession, witnessing to the community of their faith in Jesus being truly present in the sacrament of the Eucharist. And now we as a parish are now past the torch as this today, this celebration of Corpus Christi begins the parish phase of the Eucharistic revival. All throughout this next year will be opportunities for us to continue to grow in love of Jesus found in the Eucharist. But we as a parish kind of got a jump start on this initiative in that we began in January 
to meditate on and learn about Eucharistic miracles that have happened not only in days past, but even in more recent years, all over the world. And we began with that Eucharistic miracle known, or that happened in Lanciano. And if you remember that story, as a priest was holding up the host during the consecration, it physically changed. It physically changed to human tissue. And as he held up the chalice filled with the wine and now turned into the precious blood, it physically changed into human blood. And in fact, the reality of that change was confirmed through scientific tests in the 1990s that said that that host now was human cardiac tissue and the precious blood had actually turned into human blood. It's interesting, I talked to a mother that following week that we presented this miracle during my homily, and she noted how her fourth grader was on the edge of the pew listening to every detail of this story, just fascinated by this story. And he was even more paying attention when I lifted the host and imagine his disappointment when it did not physically change. Needless to say, there was a miracle that occurred. Jesus' real presence did occur, but there was not that physical change. Well, today I want to share with you a Eucharistic miracle that occurred in Balsina, Italy in the year 1263. The story goes that a German priest, Peter of Prague, was heading to Rome on a pilgrimage, and he stopped off in Balsina and celebrated Mass at the church of St. Christina. Now, it goes that even though he was a pious priest, he was, find it, he was finding it difficult to accept that Christ was actually present in the consecrated host. And while celebrating the Mass, he held the host up after the consecration, and immediately blood started seeping from that host down his hands and onto the cloth on the altar. He ended up interrupting Mass and asked to be taken to the neighboring city of Orvieto a city where Pope Urban IV resided. When the Pope heard that story, he sent emissaries to investigate. And upon returning to him saying that it happened exactly as the priest said, he asked the diocesan bishop to bring the stained cloth and the host to the cathedral of or or Orvieto, where those where those relics were placed in the cathedral. The linen cloth that still bearing the spots of blood is enshrined and exhibited in that cathedral even to this day. And in fact, in the description in our bulletin, there is an extra set of pictures showing some of our own parishioners with the, our former pastor, Father Eric, celebrating Mass in that very chapel. And you can see behind him the closed doors 
that behind it are that stained cloth. But the miracle doesn't end there because Pope Urban was prompted by this Eucharistic miracle. I think in some ways he thought we need our own Eucharistic revival. And so he was prompted to contact one of the leading theologians of the time who has now been declared a saint, St. Thomas Aquinas, to compose prayers for a mass as well as liturgy of the hours to celebrate the most holy body of the Lord, Corpus Christi. One year after the miracle, after Thomas Aquinas had finished his work, he introduced those prayers and he also decreed that the solemnity of Corpus Christi would be added to the church's universal calendar so everyone could recognize the love God has for those who love and worship him. There are several things of that story that strike me. The first thing of that is it seems like some of these Eucharistic miracles are because somebody, and more times than not it's a priest, is doubting the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And that's the way it was with that German priest, Peter of Prague. In his heart of hearts, he just couldn't accept that, that fact. And so God entered into our reality and made true blood flow from a consecrated host, thus instilling faith in him, but also in that congregation. But the interesting thing is, it didn't just stop there. It is because of that miracle that we celebrate Corpus Christi today. And it's also because of that miracle that one of the most familiar songs that we sing during adoration is Tantum Ergo, written by St. Thomas Aquinas in the year 1264 at the urging of Pope Urban IV. And so we see how God entering into our creation and giving us this miracle did not just impact the people of the 13th century, but continues to impact us all this day as we celebrate this solemnity of Corpus Christi. But God continues to enter into our creation, continue to invite us to express our faith in the real presence. You know, every time we come together for Mass, our faith tells us that what looks to be bread after the consecration is truly Jesus' body, and what appears to be wine after the consecration is now his precious blood. This, this is how Jesus' presence continues to be with all of us. He doesn't just give, it, give himself as food for the journey throughout this life, but he also is charging us, just as he charged his disciples, to go out to the whole world and preach the good news. And that is why the very conclusion of Mass, there is an invitation to be sent. By receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, we should be changed 
And we are then empowered to go and take him out the doors of this church and to share it with the world, first with our family, our community, and continuing on. It is a world that truly needs Christ's presence, and in the Eucharist, it is a world that has it. And so we get an opportunity here at Our Lady to do just that, except when we walk out the doors of the church, we won't just have Jesus inside of us now that we have received him in Holy Communion, but he will be with us in his real presence as we begin a Eucharistic procession at the end of Mass. We have no idea how many of the participants in this procession's faith in the Eucharist will be bolstered. We also have no idea as we take Jesus through the neighborhoods and down Charlestown Road, how many people who witness that will be impacted and want to seek out the faith of the Catholic Church. But we do know this, when we put our lives into God's hands and, you, and let him use us, and let him use us to bring Christ's presence to the world, miracles do happen. People believe, and the word of God is continuing to be spread. And so, my dear friends, for those of you that will be joining us, we thank you. We look forward to that an hour to an hour and a half of prayer during this procession. We will be back here in the church at the end of the procession for a benediction. So if those of you that do not feel like you are able to join this procession, you are welcome to stay here in our church to pray and join us for that benediction when we return. But in either case, it is truly a blessing to be able to be accompanied by our Lord in his real presence as we take him out the doors of the church into a world that needs to know the, the Savior of the world is truly with us.